0: Everybody and welcome to the first show of 2023 here from the Geek Buddies! <gasps> hey! Hey. We're back at it for another tw- another year, another 12 months of fun and geekery here on the Geek Buddies. We're excited to jump into so many things here. We're going to talk about uh, some trailers. We're going to get some news about Jeremy Renner. We're going to talk a little Avatar box office. But our main topic is going to be talking about all the things that, that we are looking forward to or within a certain time frame for 2023. And uh, that time a,
2: frame w- is a year.
0: Is, is, well, yes, yes, a year. But I mean, like, we're not going to go on for three hours about it. But certainly, there'll be a little bit of time spent uh, going into the things that we were looking forward to in 2023. We hope you had a wonderful Christmas, a wonderful New Year's. And now we're excited to be back to jump into it. But let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies.
2: I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an
3: animation writer, where you can see some of our current work on Netflix right now with Strawberry Shortcake, Berry in the Big City, season two. And it's still coming out every Saturday on YouTube. Nice.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff for sure, gentlemen. So, um, how are you guys doing? How are things? I'm checking in because I haven't seen you guys. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't come up for New Year's Eve party at the Brian Leonard's. We were taking care of some dogs. How did it go? How are you guys feeling as you're walking into 2023?
3: <laughs> the party was a blast. I heard. Um, to the point that Brian had to um, uh, uh, request that we leave <laughs> <laughs> at one point because it, it, uh, it went on a little later than the advertised end time. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that the party was very successful and you were missed. Oh, thank you. It's very kind. And a great picture you guys
0: took. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Mike?
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm good. I'm just easing back into the year after a really nice break, kind of just slowly taking baby steps into getting back to work uh, each day. So I got a bunch of resolutions and see how long they last. You know, (laughs) just uh, living that 2023 life. I'm very excited about it so far. So far, 2023 seems great. Oh, that's good. Three days in, we're doing good. Three days in, we're doing good. We're going to see how long it lasts. (laughs) It's true true um our, yeah uh, you know
0: my, ours was a lot of fun pretty boring we're old people just hanging out on the couch went to bed at 10 o'clock woke up the next morning happy new year it was a fun old thing uh for sure and uh taking care of the dogs until like one o'clock in the afternoon the next day on new year's day but a uh, good so you time didn't we're,
2: even stay up
0: till midnight no it didn't even stay up till midnight man i'm like you know what i'll just have my 12 grapes and i'm gonna head
2: on off to bed with the lady and hang out
0: we can't keep the dogs up past midnight there'll be a terror so we had to go to bed.
2: You know, dogs aren't like babies. That's not that they don't work the same way. That's not how it works with dogs.
0: Uh, I don't think you know how they treat these dogs. You treat them like babies. So,
2: you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> so this still calls them puppies, even though they're eight to nine years old. So I, you know. I don't get involved. They're not my dogs, but we do take care of them. Anyway, uh, we're going to jump into so much here and have a little fun uh, with it all the way the show works. For those of you who may be new and taking a chance on a new show or new podcast in 2023, thanks so much for joining us. For those who have been around for a while, we appreciate you staying on the Geek Buddies train. Each of us brings up a Geek News item, and then we take a bit of a break and jump into our main topic. And as we said, it's a a few things that we're excited to see in 2023. Um, Mike, I think you're kicking us off with some news here from Avatar.
2: I sure am. I told you guys months ago when we started watching those Avatar Wave water trailers that you shouldn't bet against James Cameron, and it turns out that you shouldn't bet against James Cameron. You know, uh, one time
0: av- I visited a prostitute in the war, my life's been a living hell ever since for God's sake. You bring it I'm up every saying.
2: time how oh, you were right about this. I'm oh. going to just keep bringing it up and when the and when the trailers for Avatar 3 come out and we all have the same discussion again, I will say the same thing. Uh look, Avatar the Way of Water had a really nice New Year's weekend, much nicer than the party that we had at Brian's house. Uh, It made 86.3 million over the four day weekend, uh, which means it has made uh, 444.4 million in North America and it has roughly made $1.4 billion globally. And that is in the first three weeks of release. Uh, So, in its first three weeks of release, it is now the 14th highest global release in history, just ahead of Black Panther and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. And after only three weeks, it is primed to surpass the biggest movie of the year, Tom Cruise's Top Gun Maverick. Wow. So, uh, basically... Avatar a beast and all of the talk about, oh, is it going to make the make its money back? Are people going to go see it? Is this big is this James Cameron's big folly? No, it turns out people are going to see that movie. And if it's three weeks and also uh, I don't have the exact numbers uh, in front of me, but yep. the percentage drop each week, obviously, because it is a behemoth the percentage drop is like a James Cameron movie and not like other movies. uh, I think actually between its first and second week or its second and third week, it actually didn't drop. It actually increased. Mm. I think going into the New Year's weekend, like more people went to see it than the week before. So uh, it seems like people are returning to Pandora and James Cameron uh, is going to be bringing us a lot more Navi adventures for a lot more Feliz Navidads in the future.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean Shannon. Monday, uh, it, I'm reading right now on Deadline. This dropped just a few hours, just a few hours ago. Here, uh, they're saying that uh, uh, Monday it was the best January Monday ever, with 21.1 million dollars ahead of American Sniper's January 19th record, which was 17.9 million back in 2015. I don't think it makes that nowadays. I think we're a completely different movie going public. Even seven years later, I don't think it makes $17.9 million. The four-day run was $88 million for the James Cameron directed sequel, which is just minus 8% from its four-day Christmas weekend. It only had an 8% drop, Mike and Shannon, from its Christmas Day run. That's incredible in terms of the staying power. And this is a three-hour and 12-minute movie. It is longer than the first movie doing the things that it's doing. So what are your reactions here, Shannon?
3: I mean, look, from from the beginning, I was like, w- will people turn tune back in for this? I don't know. Does, yeah. I- I- is it hooking me? No, not really. And after having seen it twice, I can still say, like, yeah, it did not really hook me. Um, however, well, I just you, part that were... I am wearing my Navi blue right now. Um, uh, you, you know, but I love the fact that a movie is doing this type this type of business. I mean, I yeah. hope this this encourages, um, you know, other folks who who are not in the uh, uh, Marvel business um, to 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 uh, you know keep making keep making original things even though yes this is a sequel but I mean this was this was James Cameron's idea which he borrowed heavily for some other things but you know yeah. you borrow from the best when you're writing um, but no I love the fact that a movie is doing this type of business and and I hope this uh, encourages other folks to keep making movies I mean as as convenient as streaming is. I don't want to lose that movie going experience, and that's what this was. I mean, it was an experience. Um, You know, again, I tried to watch the first. I tried to rewatch the first one uh, leading up to it. I couldn't get through it. Um, (laughs) I imagine that I'm not going to be, you know, (laughs) on Disney Plus when (laughs) Way of Water comes out. I I doubt it's it's going to be in my top (laughs) ten. But again, I'm I'm thrilled that a movie is is doing this well. That is not that that is not Marvel, Star Wars, or DC.
0: And just to give you a little comparable uh, um, stats here, Avatar 2's Monday is well ahead of Rogue One's 15.9 million, which was January 2nd, which we said that as well back in 2015, 2017. It's 34% of its, of its four-day, uh, 65.5 million. Avatar 2's Monday beats the first January Monday of Spider-Man No Way Home, Force Awakens, and Last Jedi. Almost combined, to be honest with you, because that's about 29 million, and this is about – 21 to 24 minutes so pretty incredible numbers for sure yeah i'm very surprised at it's staying power not surprised at cameron doing well i suppose now i'm very much a convert uh i was with shannon as well doubting it all from the beginning wondering if we needed it but after i saw it i thought man this film could make three billion dollars honestly and so the fact that it's reached this level already this quickly and then again there's nothing coming until Ant Man and the Wasp quantumania I know Megan's coming. I know there's other films out there. Shout out to Puss in Boots who came in second. It's around 66 million worldwide. Good stuff. But like this is a juggernaut. And clearly, people have time with the week, with the holidays and what have you, to go and see this film multiple times or with the family. We'll see what happens over the next few weeks if it maintains this. Uh, This momentum and trajectory that it's on, because apparently next weekend it's estimated about 25 to 30 million. So that's a little bit of a steep drop here from what it is over this weekend. But maybe it'll hit 40 to 50. You just never know. There's nothing else out there. People want to go someplace and have some fun with it. So, I mean, we could get two billion way quicker than we anticipated, and it may not hit the three billion, but certainly – if this was regular times and not uh, pandemic times, or maybe it would have hit the 3 billion a lot quicker than we anticipate. So we but shall you know, see, but yeah, Mike.
2: Well, no, I just wonder, I mean, cause we do talk about it and you know, obviously the movie does not grab Shannon, but yeah. um, for the parts that he was awake for, but oh, uh, what I wonder though <laughs> is, yeah, you know, and people say, Oh, well there's not a lot out, you know, there's nothing else out. He had a clear runway. Like, all the articles leading up to Avatar were James Cameron's not going to make this money. Who needs Pandora? Now yeah, everyone's fair. like, well, it's because of this. And if you look at the box yeah, office fair. and da da da. But I wonder, like, when I was talking about this with some people uh, over the yeah. break. What is it about James Cameron movies? Like, everybody loves to make fun of his cheesy dialogue. Oh, his scripts are a little whatever. They love to say, you know, oh, well, Avatar is derivative. Titanic is a little, like, you know, cardboard villains. Like, like people can knock at James Cameron, and they do. And not without uh, some level of there's truth behind it. Like, Unobtainium in Avatar is not the most clever of names. But... He's doing something right. And when you're looking at movie making and you're looking at um, what makes people go to theaters, what gets people obsessed, like he's been churning these things out. And despite all of the critics and naysayers who want to poke holes at what James Cameron does, like something is working. And I just wonder what it is that he's doing. And how does he bottle it? Like, how do we all get a piece of that? You know what I mean? Like, what is it that he's doing with his movies that he consistently, and it's not just the spectacle. I mean, yes, Avatar is absolutely a spectacle. He revolutionized special effects in a lot of ways once again. But uh, his movies are part spectacle, but if it was just spectacle... You, you, it would be, and I'm, no, I know you like these, but it would be a Michael Bay Transformers movie oh. that would make a lot of money to a degree, but then would trail off because there's just spectacle. So I do wonder. It's just something that I find really interesting. Like, what is it about James Cameron movies that do this? every time he comes out with a movie
3: you know I'm actually listening to the Schwarzenegger um, autobiography right now on audible on my on my drives to work and granted this book came out in 2012 but I mean he did speak at length um, having worked with uh, Cameron three times about when you read a James Cameron script there's just something different about it there's just mm-hmm. it, it it pulls you in. And and granted, you know Schwarzenegger, I, you know I wouldn't necessarily trust him with story that much, um. But but he does acknowledge the fact that you know James Cameron is the best filmmaker you know I've ever worked with, and there's mm. he he has a connection to an audience, um, that is sort of in, in ineffable. And I, I mean, honestly, I would say that earlier in his career, I do feel like Michael Bay did have that. Um, mm. I think you look at like the first Transformers. That is a sol that's a solid movie. Um, yeah. I think you and, and granted, you know, we're big softies for this one, and a lot of people would ding us for it, but you know, the three of us love Armageddon. I mean, Armageddon yeah, yeah. is so, it's so cheesy. Um, I, I think The Rock is honestly one of the best action movies ever. People I'm like, this is look. so yeah. this is so much fun. I do think he kind of lost his way. I mean, you'll get his his smaller movies like Pain and Gain um and 13 hours, which I both think are awesome. Um, and yeah. I think he put th- I think he put his love of those stories, his love, his lo- limited love of story into those movies and didn't really try to do it with the Transformers sequels. But Cameron, I mean, how many films does he actually direct? I mean, I want to say it's less than 10. It's under, right?
0: it's under 10. It's around 10 or under 10. Uh, there isn't, yeah. there Piranha, isn't that Piranha many. Piranha
3: 2, you got to count it. Yeah. Um, you got to count the, Terminator. Uh, Terminator, <laughs> Aliens, right. Terminator 2, yeah. The Abyss, True Lies, yeah. Titanic. The two avatars. Am I forgetting anything? That's pretty much it. That's pretty much are. it.
0: Ten films.
3: Yeah, I mean he 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 takes his time, and and despite the fact that you know it wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea, I mean it yeah, yeah, clearly yeah. is a lot of
0: people's. I was looking up to see on IMDb if we've missed anything uh, with James Cameron because I think that's it. I mean, let's just want to count the. Underwater documentaries. right? I don't, I don't know if we count those because right. those, those aren't released necessarily. But, yeah, uh, it's about uh, – yeah, that's about right. The 10 things that he's got there under his belt. Um, and the less said about some of the stuff he's produced, the better, I think. But uh, these are the things that – yeah. But I, I, the only way I can answer this is it's an unquantifiable thing. Like we know with artists, for whatever reason, certain creators, certain artists – just have that thing in combination because of who they are as a person that comes through in the work they make and for whatever reason it connects with a large section of the audience that is into it yeah you mentioned michael bay for sure but no one would ever say there's real emotional moving moments in michael bay film i mean i'm you you could cry at the end of armageddon for sure but i mean nothing (laughs) matches the thumb thing at the end of t2 there's There's a little more emotion here that goes on in his movies. Aliens, for all the talk about the horror aspect of it all, there's some real emotion going on with the connections and Newt, the stuff like that, all of this. So he finds a way. And even in this movie, I think, the family connections that he really spends time building really pay off near the end of the movie with everything that happens in that finale. I think James just has this ability to walk that line between artist and populist so well that people who go see the films, it's a Venn diagram that crosses over in larger yeah. ways. There's a lot of cinephile snobs who will go see James Cameron movies and enjoy them. A lot of people that wouldn't be caught dead in a French film with subtitles... Love to go see these James Cameron films. So I think it just has an ability to to walk that line between both in equal amounts that works so well for so many people. Even his failures, like the you could argue box office failures, rather as like the Abyss. There's an artistic sensibility to the Abyss that isn't there in these populist other populist uh, uh, filmmakers' uh, films. So you know, that's what I would say. All right, there okay, there we
2: well, go. All right. we're <laughs> We're going to see how far uh, James Cameron rides this wave. We will uh, we'll Hey-o. keep you updated.
0: Hey-oh! No pun
2: intended. <laughs> or pun intended.
0: I we're only at the beginning of January and it's 1.4. That, that is just – we'll see what happens at the beginning of February if it's already crossed the two. Man, that'll be crazy. Um, all right, well, let's take a quick break, and we're going to jump into another story here uh, dealing with Jeremy Renner right after this.
2: That's Avatar. That was oh, Avatar. it's okay. No, I knew it was Avatar. It was just... Well, let's move
0: on to a little bit of sadder news, but uh, this uh, news came over the wire here uh, over the last few days. Unfortunately, there's been an accident with Jeremy Renner. It occurred while he was... Helping a stranded family member. I'm taking this from the Variety article uh, that was posted about this. Uh, He was helping a family member whose car was stranded in the snow when he was involved in a snow plowing accident on Sunday. I think this is in in Reno. Uh, the, uh, The quote here from the Washoe County Sheriff Darren Ballum said during a press conference, Based on our investigation, Mr. Renner's personal vehicle, which was being driven by a family member, had become stuck in the snow near his home. Uh, Mr. Renner went to retrieve his piston bully or snowcat, an extremely large piece of snow removal equipment weighing at least 14,330 pounds in an effort to get his vehicle moving. After successfully towing his personal vehicle from its stuck location, Mr. Renner got out of his piston bully to speak to his family member at this point. It was observed that the Piston Bully started to roll, and in an effort to stop the rolling Piston Bully, Mr. Renner attempts to get back into the driver's seat of the Piston Bully. And based on their investigations, at this point, Mr. Renner is run over by the Piston Bully. Uh, According to an eyewitness there, uh, they did not see him again until the Piston Bully came to arrest in a pile of snow in front of the driveway they don't think there was any foul play or any kind of drinking going on here uh and there was apparently three feet of fresh snow so it took a while to get to jeremy renner but apparently people came out of their houses with towels and stuff so there must have been a lot of blood to try to maybe keep the blood in his legs because that's apparently where the snowplow ran him over he posted a picture today to his 18.6 million followers on instagram there and all he wrote was Thank you all for your kind words with the pray emoji. I'm too messed up now to type, but I send love to you all. So this is a a sad situation brought to mind um, uh, uh, what happened there. Oh God. How come I always forget the actor from Star Trek when he was running Anton Yelchin, Anton Anton Yelchin Yelchin. brought to mind the Anton Yelchin situation when he was run over by his own car in a terrible accident in his house uh, at his house. So this is a sad situation for Jeremy, but, He's at least posting photos, you know, posting messages. So what are you guys' reaction to this? And uh, what are your feelings when you hear this story?
3: Well, I mean, I think from the beginning um, when the reports came out that they did say, like, he is in serious but stable condition. So the fact that – that's the that's what they were leading with and and apparently there was some some sort of you know footage of him being of him being airlifted out um wow. you know it's a te- it, it's a terrible thing i mean the fact that he you know he was trying to help trying to help someone who who you know they're driving his car a family yeah. member got the car stuck and then you know accidents happen and it, it, you know it's uh really really unfortunate but it's also really lucky the fact that they were able to get him out of there mm-hmm. and i don't think they would have Said it was stable. If if it wasn't, so I mean, at this point, you know, you just you know want to say a prayer for him and his family, and that hopefully his uh, road to recovery starts sooner rather than later, and parent and hopefully it's not too long. Yeah, yeah, Mike, your thoughts on
2: this? Yeah, it just sounds rough. I mean, it just sounds like it, yeah. like like there's oh, you were in an accident. Oh, this happened to you. Oh, you know, like rolled over by a snowplow is probably one of the more painful things that I have heard. Like it, it was just it. I mean, like, like Shannon said, I mean, it was great that we just got a, Hey, this thing happened. He's doing okay. Right. So it was, it was a shocking story and it was definitely a story that made you realize how easy it is for accidents to happen, but hopefully he's okay. And, uh, heals up fine. But man, it just, it sounds like, I don't know. You ever hear things like there's just a certain kind of accident and you're just like, Oh, that sounds yeah. rough. Yeah. This was a. This was a. This was like you like, oh, Jeremy Renner was in an accident. He's okay. You're like, oh, okay, thank God. And then you actually read the article and you're like, I'm sorry, he what? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh.
0: I mean, that's putting I, the weight. That's out. why I
2: live. In, that's why I grew up in Florida and moved to uh, Southern California. I don't fuck with snow.
0: <laughs> here's the picture of uh, Jeremy, which you know, it's certainly looking worse for wear. Um, in that, you, you should see the picture of the snowplow. But this is a this is a tough <laughs> shot there. Of him, so that is a rough situation for sure. But I, it looks like, like I said, if he's tweeting, if he's taking pictures, yeah. it seems like he's going to be on the mend here, and hopefully, there's no long term uh, effects of this kind of situation uh, to him and his body and his future, you know, um, physically. Because fourteen thousand three hundred pounds, good God Almighty, man, you know,
2: I. That picture, I, I, look, I, I hope that, that was like a loved one took the picture and they said they should post that, but I saw that picture and the first thing that I pictured in my head yeah. was some publicist in his hospital oh. room being like, okay, no, hold on, put the broken glasses on, put the broken glasses on, hold on, get the good light, get the good light. I was like, man, just let the man rest. I know let, He like, can tweet to people later, just let the man rest and let him heal
0: yeah yeah well we wish him a speedy recovery for sure because we do love jeremy renner and i don't know about you guys but i certainly re-watched all of hawkeye while i was home uh, uh for christmas and enjoyed watching that all over again and really loved it even more i mean i swear to god it's such a good show for christmas to enjoy and sit and, and have fun with it so uh Did we he- shall see what the news is and hopefully it's all positive and he recovers uh and back to normal and certainly mayor of kingstown season two is on the precipice here we've got uh other things that are going on in the marvel universe that he will have some role to play and i'm sure as it goes forward so we'll keep an eye out Um, all right well let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into some trailers from shannon mcclung right after this do 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 that's Avengers, right? I think that's. Avengers.
3: That is Avengers, yeah. Oh,
2: look at Johnny!
0: <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So we're doing something no, a little different. One one
3: aspect is a little different with our trailers, trailers, trailers. Mm. Uh, thinking thinking of uh, Mr. Renner and thinking of Hawkeye. Um, you know, something that John uh, pointed out on our group text thread was a this is not something we normally do but this, this right. trailer got me this little clip got me really kind of jazzed um but on youtube there is a fan-made avengers secret wars trailer and it was west yeah. green culture um and you know starting off with it you know one of the glorious things about the internet is you get uh, uh access to to fans who are really really clever and really really talented and you know i've watched fan-made trailers in the past and some of them don't quite get there and some of them (laughs) are absolutely incredible i mean i want to say yeah i mean this is a long time ago but there was a green lantern fan-made trailer that i would make that i made john and vogel both watch that oh yeah i remember that
0: one that's right they,
3: they use kind of the the crux of the star trek the 09 star trek and and then kind of you know colored over it with you know with some green shading and they you know they put a mask on Nathan Fillion and that was one of those things that I I, you know I'd have a big night out and get home and be like you know what I'm gonna watch that Green Lantern fan-made trailer (laughs) and get emotional (laughs) you really really know how to party McClung (laughs) that's everything everything was the pre-party up until that (laughs) um but watching this Avengers Secret Wars trailer um you know, it just got me really, really excited. Like, you know, they're using footage from, you know, from, you know, phase four, phase three, you know, that there's shots of Thor. Uh, From Love and Thunder, you know, we get to see uh, Sam Wilson and his cap outfit. There's some shots of Shang-Chi. I mean, watching this, and and, again, like, I realize this movie's not coming out for uh, four years, three (laughs) or four years. Um, But watching that trailer, it just brought a huge smile to my face. And I was really glad that John forwarded that along to us. Mm. So, uh, gentlemen, what did you think of our uh, fan-made Avengers Secret War teaser? Uh, Mikey it,
2: it was cute it was cute i did not listen i i uh may, maybe i've maybe i've watched too many fan made trailers on youtube i was like yeah this is cute uh, uh the including the tom cruise iron man shot i was like oh okay God. come on guys come on guys i it was it was fine i i do think what's great about it is that uh you know it It's and we're going to talk about the things that we're excited about for this year. Like, it's great that we are all so hyped up on the Marvel machine and that the Marvel machine, uh, you know, is setting us up that even though that trailer was kind of like, here's every fan uh, fan servicey thing that we want to see in Secret Wars. And we're probably not going to get that in Secret Wars. We're going to get something different. We're all going to be excited about it for the next three years. So the fact that there's this excitement already about where this multiverse saga and where phase five and phase six are going is great. So I love I love seeing that. But yeah, fan-made trailers, I'm always just like, yeah, okay, I, I, I get it. I know what the fans want. I, I, I see, I see where this is going
0: yeah shout out to screen culture who put this uh, trailer together it was a lot of fun to watch i really enjoyed it i mean because like you said mike all these weird people they brought in and some of them put like because I mean, there's no picture of tom hank tom cruise rather in the uh, iron man alpha so they had to kind of create that as a superior iron man And i thought it, they did a really nice job but weaving in like Halle Berry's storm and professor x and captain britain and all of that uh throughout the whole thing i thought was a really fun thing to do but yeah, some of the special effects, eh, not so great near the oh. tail end of the trailer where well, you could tell I'm not thing. gonna
2: ding. I'm not gonna ding. I'm not gonna ding <laughs> a fan-made trailer for their special effects. Like they, they they were doing the lord's
0: work, but fair enough. But it was nice to see all of that. All it did is made me excited. I mean, the red hulk make it appearance, made it appearance. So, there's a lot of things that they you can tell these people know um the, the Marvel stuff that they are putting into the trailer here to get people excited. So shout out to them for putting this together. And certainly the excitement builds now. We're, we're out of phase four. We're going to jump into phase five and phase six. Is this going to kind of repair a little bit of some of the feelings for some people about phase four? We'll be looking at phase four in a different way now after it's all over, heading toward into five, phase five and phase six as we head towards Secret Wars. Will be a lot of fun. Certainly, the speculation is already starting. Ben Affleck's Daredevil, all three uh, iterations of Fantastic Four showing up. There's all kinds of speculation <laughs> jumping out about this whole thing and, and what we're going to get and who is going to show up in cameos and non cameos. So it's fun to
2: speculate, but we are years out oh, from seeing sure. this. I don't yeah. know if I can handle three years of speculation. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was... <laughs> three. Oh, God. Are going to be three? Was it two well, years three years ago?
3: moving on to to uh <laughs> two of our actual trailers okay <laughs> so the first one that we're going to talk about came out a few weeks ago but you know we had a we had a little holiday break but it is for the pale blue eye from yeah. uh scott cooper starring christian bale uh harry melling as edgar Allan poe this is the type of movie that watching it i'm like oh this is kind of tailor-made for me anything foggy with lanterns and a mystery and and yeah. you know so, some dark arts practicing uh uh christian bale this is based on a a book from 2003 by uh lewis uh, uh banyard i think his name is mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean uh, christian bale is a uh is a uh based, like a private investigator and he's brought in for a murder at uh west point and we find out that one of the students there it takes place in 1830 is a young edgar Allan poe Mm. who uh harry melling looks incredible um but yeah i mean this this reminds me of the guy Ritchie sherlock holmes movies uh Mm. just from an aesthetic standpoint um guy richie sherlock holmes without the fun uh because this looks deadly serious and watching christian bale like this type of role i mean this is just him in his element like he's super intense Get you know getting to the bottom of this you know mystery around a military academy i think this looks fantastic but gentlemen i'll throw it over to you
0: what did you think of our first look at the pale blue eye yeah i really liked it it's it's not uh, there are there are already some reviews out for it. it's not getting the greatest of reviews but for me looking at the trailer i am a thousand percent on board with it. this is my language take your sweet ass time As you're setting it in this particular environment, I am going to just sit on back and let you take me into this world as slowly as you want to go. It's got snow, which is a really big selling point for me with any movie. And it's got all this investigation and mystery and all this time. You know, The Alienist is my favorite book ever written. And I thought the adaptation did a pretty good job, not a great job, but a pretty good job of bringing that to life and having this set around the earlier times as well and having this investigation and it's a little bit of elseworlds like remember batman teaming up with houdini or sherlock holmes so seeing uh uh, scott uh, seeing uh christian bale here teaming up with edgar Allan poe or edgar allen poe be involved in this in some way is fascinating plus i think um scott cooper knows how to direct christian bale in interesting ways they've worked together i think a couple times before out of the furnace and I can't remember the other film that he was in that Scott Cooper directed. I thought it was really great. Remember, Scott Cooper's the one did Crazy Heart. Certainly got a great performance from Jeff Bridges and uh, from Colin Farrell in that movie as well. So I'm very excited to see what we're going to get. I'm ignoring what other people are saying who've seen it already because it's coming out real soon on Netflix. And I wanted to see if for myself if this is one that is interesting and kind of challenging and fun to watch, um, even if it might be a little bit slow at times uh, overall in its uh, delivery. Uh, Mike, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think it looks really cool. I mean, I uh, I didn't really know a ton about it, but I think the Edgar Allan Poe angle makes it more interesting. I think mm. without the Edgar Allan Poe angle, it looks like, Kind of a cool period piece mystery with Christian Bale, Christian Bailing, and he's really good at that. So like I was like, okay, go well, good. But like the Edgar Allan Poe piece of it, and kind of seeing a younger Edgar Allan Poe kind of being taken under the wing of Christian Bale's character, like that was interesting to me. And kind of like a young Edgar Allan Poe being in this sort of creepy mystery that has a lot of the hallmarks of the vibe of like what we know of Edgar Allan Poe's writing. Like seeing a young Edgar Allan Poe kind of becoming. Uh, the Poe that we know. Um, that that interests me. So seeing how that all goes, I'm intrigued. I, I wasn't aware that you liked snow so much, but oh, I do. I'm, thrilled. I'm thrilled that you like snow in a movie. So that's something I, that now when I invite you out to the movies, I'm going to be much more choiceful in the seasons that are represented in those films.
0: I just saw A Man Called Otto and I really enjoyed it. And there's a lot of snow in that film. I, there's just something about snow... That
2: makes me enjoy a film. <laughs> I can't explain it. I really, because I cannot I just, explain it. <laughs> that really got me. You were like, "Look, I love a period piece. I think Christian Bale is great. I like movies with snow in it." And I was yes. like, "Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you know a guy. You know a guy for 25 years, and you learn new things."
0: <laughs> it's a good cast: Jillian Anderson, Robert Duvall, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Toby Jones, Lucy Boynton, uh, Lucy Boynton, Timothy Spall, and. Governor-elect of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, is in this as well. So that's an odd thing in the cast. I don't know how. I mean, look, he's a massively uh, weird-looking dude, so he would fit in the time period that this is set. Oh, sorry, he's senator-elect from Pennsylvania. Sorry about that. Not governor. Senator-elect John Fetterman. So, you know, an interesting person to have in the film for sure. Uh, So, yeah, there you go. Uh, (laughs) Great senator there. So...
3: Well, as John said, this does come out very, very soon. January 6th on Netflix, you'll be able to stream it. And that brings us to our last trailer. This is the second look at M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. So what was really interesting, any time a trailer starts in the movie theater and M. Night Shyamalan's name comes up, there is if you're in a crowded theater there can be a little bit of a shift amongst the audience <laughs> about folks that are like eh, and like eh, maybe, maybe you know maybe he's back on track we'll see you know when split came out that movie was so unexpected and everyone was just like he's back he's back and then glass came out it's like nope nope he's still gone he's still gone um but the first trailer for knock at the cabin where dave batista rupert Grint um two actresses ah, what are their names uh nikki amook bird and abby quinn they basically play uh doomsday uh doomsday prophet folks who run across uh uh, uh ben aldridge and jonathan groff uh, a couple and their adopted daughter and it seems like you know from from the vibe of that first trailer it's like oh these are some crazy folks in the woods who are who are running up on this family and, you know, have they have these crazy, you know, doomsday theories that, you know, they're going to make the family like basically sacrifice one of themselves. The second trailer gives us opens the door a little bit more to this movie where maybe they're not quite as crazy where you see yeah. things are happening throughout the world that s- definitely feel like, oh, this could be a sign of the end times which and, and you get to see how uh jonathan groff's character especially is sort of like oh my gosh like this is a thing like you start to see the fracturing of this family so you know the first time i saw the trailer i was like ash eh, on we'll see this one's got me a little more excited but i'll throw it over to you gentlemen what did you think of our second look at knock at the cabin yeah mikey
2: this is based on a book yes it is that means it didn't come out of M Night Shyamalan's head. <laughs> Which is that good or bad for you? So I am a little bit more excited to see this And look, I M Night Shyamalan is one of those really. What, what was the last one he did? Old is it? Old, yeah, right? old.
0: yeah, old. Yeah.
2: So M Night Shyamalan has this thing like he's a great director. Like, like he hands down, he is a great director. He's got a great eye for the camera. He is so good at building tension. He does so many wonderful things. Um, But the, I think at a certain point he got so enamored that he was the guy that gave you the twist because he's had some good twists early on, but then it kind of gets to a point where like you're waiting for the twist. And even though this is based on a book, so I feel like it maybe has a little bit more of like a, a base to build from, I'm still watching this movie, I'm still watching this trailer, and to Shannon's point, I'm like, okay, so clearly it looks like there are some end times happening, but what's the twist? And I think that it's, it's the greatest strength and weakness that M. Night Shyamalan has is that there's this expectation, and to Shannon's point, that's why there is kind of this shifting in the theater, because he does that one trick only gets you so far Mm. and i think with split that didn't it i guess you could argue that it had a twist to it but it didn't have a twist so much as it was just like a crazy fucking story and it was really basic and simple the biggest twist in split is that you found out at the very end of the movie that it was tied to the sixth sense and uh and unbreakable it's kind of a sorry unbreakable not not Sixth Sense. sorry unbreakable um so yeah so i think that I'm curious. I'm intrigued. I think it's a great cast. Uh, I think it's an interesting concept. Just the basic idea of, would you save your family or save humanity? Like it's a either, or you don't get to do both. I think that's really interesting. So I'm definitely going to go see it. I went to go see old in the theater. Like I will complain and get annoyed and harumph about M night Shyamalan's twists. And then his next movie will come out and I'll be like, all right, we'll see what you did this time. Let's go do it. Like I'll go, I'll be there.
0: Show me your homework. Let me see what you did. Um, yeah, I like this one because there's, you know, I liked his most of his most recent thing. I defended Glass. I liked Glass, and I thought old wow. was good for the most part. A little and there bit wasn't
2: even the any end, snow like, in it.
0: Oh. Well, right, exactly. It's all on the beach. So, but uh, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, but I enjoyed it. <laughs>
3: Vacation destinations. I like vacation
0: Destinations. I don't know what I enjoy. Niagara Falls. Anyway, um, the but the other thing, but the thing when you're watching the the thing that struck me about this time around cuz the first teaser, I did a trailer reaction for it, it was like, okay, this is uh, uh, a pretty interesting story, as you said, Mike, this idea that, okay, it's th- these two people they have to sacrifice somebody. These four people obviously recommend or uh, re- uh, represent the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse in some way. I get the symbolism and they clearly doomsday cult members or whatever. but watching this this second trailer, I think there's a real um, subtle level that he is working at uh, in this mo- in this trailer at least and what I'm getting from the from what the movie might be about is making a commentary on our social, order now this idea that two people with a daughter here in this house four people show up and uh these four people they initially resist it, but one of them one of the two who are who have the daughter there start to see what the four cult members are telling them which splits the two uh, uh the couple apart and one goes and starts to believe the cult stuff the other person doesn't so There is commentary. I believe that M. Night Shyamalan is making with this movie about our current society and some of the battles that we are having within some of our own homes, and especially coming out of Christmas and New Year's. I'm sure some people watching or listening to us right now had those same battles at home. So there might be a commentary, and is there no greater horror than seeing a family member go down a wormhole that they're not coming out of? And so there's a lot going on here that I think is working below the surface. But on the surface, this trailer looks awesome. I mean, just... The idea that they might actually be correct about Doomsday and all the stuff they're showing them and actually able to see the plane flying through the sky in some weird way, the tsunami, all of that. So what would be your reaction to all of that if that was happening to you, especially if you're in a secluded cabin in the woods? Um, So it's going to be very interesting to see what it ends up being. As long as no fucking plants are talking to anybody, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> That's what I yeah. but it looks great. I hope it's good. Yeah.
3: Well, knock at the cabin. Uh, not as uh, soon as the Pale Blue Eye, but it mm-hmm. is coming out next month, February third. So just about a few weeks away.
0: And shout out to the Ascension of Dave Batista. More and more. I mean, he's fantastic, Glass Onion, and here's another role where he looks really good. I think my my friend Brad Gilmore tweeted this out, and he said, "I think by the time it's all over, you're going to think of Dave Batista as an actor before you ever think of him as a wrestler." And I think. He's hundred percent right by the time I it's already, all over.
2: I already do. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Already... As do I, uh, over the weekend, uh, my wife and I, we watched the Ric Flair documentary yeah. on Peacock. Oh my and... God. Really? Wow. And yeah. And there is a very young Dave yeah. Batista in it. He's so young to the point. My wife did not recognize him. She was like, wow. He was a really good-looking young guy. Yes, he was. That's
0: why he succeeded as well as he did in wrestling. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Um, all right. Anything more to say on these? Or are we good to go? I think we're good. All right. Let's take a quick break. We're going to jump into our main topic, talking about some of the things that we are looking forward to seeing here in 2023. Right after this. Clarence. Um, All right, so let's get into this thing. We're going to go around the horn a few times to talk about something that we are looking forward to seeing in 2023. We've made a few uh, lists or a list. uh, Each of us have a few things on the list. So, Michael Vogel, please uh, start us off. What are you looking forward to seeing in 2023?
2: Well... I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, I just feel like you just got to get them out of the way and just be like, let's just call the ball like we all know what we're going to talk about to a degree, (laughs) but I'm going to take one of the obvious ones and just put Ahsoka right at the top of the list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good choice. Uh, You know, there's a lot. I mean... As anyone who listens to our show and our on the on the uh, on the Outline Nation channel knows, like we cover a lot of Disney Plus stuff because between Marvel and Star Wars and Disney and Pixar, like Disney Plus has a significant portion of uh, what we like in geekdom. But uh, of all the things that they have coming out on Disney Plus this year, I think Ahsoka is the one that I am the most excited about. Uh, just not only because I think Rosario Dawson is a great Ahsoka. Um, not only because uh, I'm excited to see where the show goes, but in a way, it, this is the this is the se- the next season of rebels that we've all been waiting for. Mm. Um, but we get to see rebels in live action and that's kind of awesome. Like I love Star Wars animation. I love that I get to watch Bad batch season 2 this week. I love yeah. that we have more stuff coming out in that arena, but seeing those rebels characters come to life, seeing ahsoka and Sabine hunting down Ezra, Grand Admiral Thrawn and just seeing wherever Ahsoka goes I mean I've said this before and I'll say it again I think Ahsoka Tano is going to be the uh the future of Star Wars I don't know where she's going in this period of time between um Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens but in the same way that Ahsoka kind of hops over the original trilogy if you look at things in a timeline order and then picks up the thread and runs with it I think she might hop right over that new trilogy too and just keep going because I think that Lucasfilm knows that with Ahsoka Tano, they have someone, they have a character that pretty much everyone in a fandom that can be quite fractured at times agrees is just a straight badass. Yeah.
1: That's, and did
3: they, absolute. did they confirm that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is playing Harris? Yes. Yes, So that was have, confirmed, but, but they David have Wilson. not confirmed who's Thrawn. Like the, the, right. everyone who's assumes who's it? it's Mickelson, but right,
0: right. it'll be John. Okay. Uh, Shannon McClung, what are you looking forward to in 2023, either on the movie side or TV side?
3: Well, on the, you know, the first one that I'm going to talk about is of course, Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm gonna get burned by this movie. I really hope not. Um, you know, James, James Mangold, you know, he he already has delivered a fantastic conclusion for one character with Logan and the trailer. You know, we we watched it together. I got got a little misty, got a little dusty in, in the office here. Um, but yeah, I mean, just watching. Harrison Ford in The Force Awakens was so much fun, even though like, I think the movie is, is okay. Mm. But watching him, like, you know, for a long time, there there was probably like a 10 year span where he would pop up in a movie and it just didn't seem like his heart was in it anymore. It's like that, that light just wasn't there behind, behind his eyes. Mm. And when we saw, I believe it was the second uh trailer for Force Awakens when we got that first shot of him and Chewie uh coming onto the uh Falcon, the Chewie were home line. I mean, there just was something different. And maybe it's me. Maybe I'm putting a lot on there because, you know, being a child of the 80s and growing up with Star Wars. um But then I I had the same I had the same feeling when we get that first great shot of him talking to Sala in this trailer. And you know who knows what the future of the indiana jones franchise is going to be if the abner ravenwood series does actually happen if they decide to go more the short round route um if they decide to recast um but at this point i'm i'm counting on this being a farewell to dr henry jones jr and i'm really uh, crossing my fingers that it's uh that it's a good one
1: yeah yeah
0: um for me i think i have to go tv shows i mean secret invasion i am so looking forward to seeing how that comes off because um you know i i only read it once all the way through years ago uh so that whole run so i'm very curious at how they've set up the marvel universe now how they're going to make secret invasion work and who is going to be what who are the who uh, what um retconning they're going to do what what intelligent retconning they're going to do of certain characters being uh uh what would they have to be crees now right or would they be bad scrolls i don't know oh would they still be scrolls they're scrolls in the trailer right okay then fair enough scrolls what is that all about who is going to be uh what are we what are we going to have to reevaluate when we look at a certain scene from a movie in the previous uh, uh, movies in the MCU, because that was person, that person was a Skrull. So, I'm very curious how they're going to make that all work. Plus, you know, bringing in Olivia Coleman, bringing in Amelia Clark, bringing in, bringing back Sam Jackson, who hasn't been around for a little bit. Like, how is this all going to work? The political intrigue of it all just excites me on so many levels. As someone who loved Captain America Winter Soldier because of the political approach, the old school 1970s political approach, I got that vibe when we were at Comic-Con watching that Secret Invasion trailer and watching the newest uh, uh, stuff that's been released around it as well. So all of that just makes me very, very excited. This could be a seminal show in the MCU Disney Plus situation when some of those other shows haven't quite stuck the landing. This could be one that really turns people around on how good these shows can actually be. Uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, first off uh, this year in 2023. Uh, that Mike, was what? the number two on my list, John. No, well, oh, okay. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> what, what do you got?
2: Uh, well, keeping with uh, Disney television, but not Disney Plus, and one that I know is not on either of your lists, uh, I am very excited for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which is okay. premiering on Disney Channel in February. Uh, also based on a Marvel comic, but definitely a younger aged animated series for Disney. Uh, not necessarily, I don't know that we would call this as part of the MCU. I don't think this is an MCU show, but if you've seen a lot of the animation that's been coming out, like it's got a really, really awesome animated style. Uh, it's about a little girl and her big red dinosaur. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else you want. Like, <laughs> and I don't know how ingrained it's going to be in the Marvel Universe, or if they're just doing their own thing with it, but they've been releasing clip after clip after clip online, and it looks absolutely freaking adorable. Mm. It looks super, super cool. Uh, yeah, so it's about um, Lunella. Um, oh, what's her name? Lunella, yeah, I can't Lunella Lafayette? Lunella Lafayette. <laughs> Uh, little girl gets her big dinosaur fights bad guys. So I'm super down for it. I can't wait for it. And I'm going to make you guys watch it and uh, I'm going to talk about it a lot. So there you go. <laughs>
0: What's well, a, it's a great voice cast, right? Fred Tatasciore coming in, uh, Luis Guzman, Allison Brie, Maya Hawk, Colby Smulders. Speaking of MCU, yeah. Jude, Diane Raphael, Alfred Woodard, Wesley Snipes, Pamela Adlin, Lawrence Fishburne. It's a hell of, and Wilson Cruz. That's a hell of a lineup. You've got, lined up for you to be a part of a show like this. And they released a two-and-a-half-minute clip uh, yeah. of uh, from the show earlier today as we're recording this, so uh, I, it looks interesting. So I definitely might give it a shot if I've got time. Uh, Shannon, what's next on your list?
3: Okay, keeping with the theme of Harrison Ford, um, it is the uh, new series for Apple Plus, uh, uh, oh. Shrinking. Shrinking. which is from the team behind Ted Lasso, Bill Lawrence, Brett Goldstein, and Jason Siegel's coming along because he's the lead of the show. But it is about a grieving therapist, starts to tell his clients exactly what he thinks, ignoring his training and ethics. He finds himself making huge changes to people's lives, including his own. So the trailer for this is on Apple Plus right now. And there is very, very little to it. It is literally Jason Siegel, jumping on a trampoline with the rest of the supporting cast as the pursuit of happiness plays in the background and at the end you see him on the trampoline where he's sunk all the way to the ground harrison ford surly old harrison ford walks in and goes "Hmm," and then walks away and just knowing that it's it's the same creative team behind ted lasso um, with Jason Siegel, who I think is a fantastic, fantastic actor and a fantastic mm-hmm. writer. Um, knowing that it's the Ted Lasso folks with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Come on. That one it has me very, very excited. And it also will be coming out uh, towards the end of this
0: month. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of themes, uh, my choice uh, as I'm looking at uh, political spy stuff is uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I mean, this... Nine and a half minute thing we got, which we talked about on the previous episode of the Geek Buddies. Just, I'm getting so excited now that the calendar has changed over and we are on a collision course with that movie of what we're going to get. I mean, when I get that invitation for a screening, I'm going to be hopping around the house until i can actually go and see this thing because i am so excited to see what tom cruise is going to be able to do with this with christopher quarry bringing in. i mean they just do such great work in every iteration since the third one i've really enjoyed this this mission impossible series so to see McQuarrie and cruise back again what new things do they have for us with new um political espionage with new interesting situations i could put tom cruise in what crazy stunts like we saw with the motorcycle stuff what have we got going on? All of it is just very, very exciting to me. And Haley Atwell coming in. What is Haley Atwell's role going to be in all this? Because the sh- the series has done well, I think, by its female uh, uh, actresses and not turning them into damsels in distress. Rebecca Ferguson-, Ferguson handles her shit. Maggie Q handles her shit. Everyone handles their shit. So, what is Haley Atwell's role in all of this? How much of a badass is she going to be? Because obviously, loving her in Agent Carter and in the- and playing Captain uh a carter as she does in in what if and in the in the um uh, multiverse of madness movie it's gonna be great to see her take on a role like this and see what she can do with it as well so and louise and uh sorry uh isai morales coming in as a villain that's awesome isai who's been a veteran since the 1980s uh, being involved in films and television great to see him being a part of this uh, series and franchise as well so all of it just incredibly excited for that uh mike what's your next thing
2: I just really hope I can remember what happened. I'm sure I'm going to love it when we're in the theater. <laughs> Is there
0: snow There's in it? Is there snow?
2: <laughs> there
0: must be snow. They're in the European countries. There's got to be snow. for Well,
2: guns. then then you are then you are in. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's one that I'm excited about. Uh, yeah. It's supposed to come out summer. There's not an actual date. I don't believe exactly, but... um on Amazon Prime, Good Omens Season 2. Mm. Um, If you didn't check it out, uh, you know, Good Omens, uh, Terry Pratchett, Neil Gaiman book, uh, you know, about uh, a, a demon and an angel uh, that kind of work together to um, do a bunch of heavenly and hell-like things. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't watched it, but... Uh, You know, David Tennant plays the demon. uh, Crowley and Michael Sheen plays uh, the angel. And they were just a goddamn delight. I mean, it is a delightful show. Uh, If you didn't check it out, you should check it out. But what's really interesting is season one adapted the entire book. Like Mm. Good Omens is not a big novel. So season one kind of covered it it was done. So everyone kind of thought it was a one and done, but I guess it did well enough for Amazon that a season two is coming with these characters and it's a wholly new story. So it's something that has never, there's, there's no source material to it. So, um, for something that was kind of like a really fun, delightful, whimsical kind of take on hell and heaven and the apocalypse, I'm really excited to see where it goes. And, uh, I love all these characters and I love me some Neil Gaiman. Yeah, and if you
0: enjoy Tenet and Michael Sheen, I can't recommend Staged, the series that is out there for people to watch, where they are giving each other shit as they have been shut down during COVID, as they were getting ready to put on a play, and they have episodes over Zoom, where they're just busting each other's balls the whole time, and having guests come in, like the Dame Judy Dench, to give them shit for being these uh, arrogant actors it is genius brilliant i discovered it over the last couple of weeks there over the break and i sent it to shannon i was like you got to watch this it's just hilarious so if you enjoy them in good omens watch that as well all right what's your next thing what's your next thing shannon
3: well in keeping with the themes of farewells i'm gonna say (laughs) aquaman and the lost kingdom oh
0: we're not even gonna see that movie what are you talking about okay that
3: movie is totally it is totally going to come out it's not gonna matter (laughs) but it's totally coming out and the reason that even though like back in 2018 i was not the biggest fan of that aquaman movie but i was thrilled that we got to see arthur curry on the big screen in his own movie the type of thing when they were announcing you know way back when uh dc's theatrical plans when they announced an aquaman movie i'm like it's not gonna happen like there, there's no way so the fact that it did happen uh, and i enjoyed some of it like there was there was some stuff i really really liked there was some stuff that i don't Think worked. Um, but the thing that I did think worked was the relationship between Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson. Mm. And knowing that this is going to be sort of a, uh, a road trip uh, movie with the two of them, uh, that kind of has me excited. And even though, again, like I know with DC being rebooted, like this stuff doesn't actually matter right now. But with DC being rebooted, I don't know when we're going to see Aquaman on the big screen again. So, uh, as a as a big big fan of the uh, King of the Seven Seas, um, that's why I am excited to see uh, to to see this movie. Even though, again, like I not a not a huge fan of the first one, but I do think Momoa does a, a good job with what he's been given, and I did really like Patrick Wilson as Ocean Master. So, yeah. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I imagine I will be alone in my enthusiasm for that one.
0: <laughs> well, was but that coming still- out?
2: Oh, it's coming out. And also to, you know, to what Shannon was saying, we don't know that it doesn't matter yet. Right. Uh, I mean, we are everyone's making assumptions, but I do think a big question mark on the D.C. whiteboard over at Warner Brothers is we have a couple very large movies coming out in the next year that are all slated for release. And I don't know that they're just going to let those movies come out and then be like, they don't matter Here's what we're doing. So maybe, maybe we do see more Momoa. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. The only thing that I know for absolute certainty is that I'm absolutely not excited about that movie the way Shannon is. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. That's, uh, so, my next one is uh, Transformers,
0: Rise of the Beasts. How can it not be, for God's sakes? I am. So looking forward to this, even though I might be hearing some rumblings uh, about its uh, quality, but I still am excited to see what might be coming out uh, with this movie here. Love Anthony Ramos coming in to kind of lead this one. Um, And also the, oh, I can't remember the actress right now, the one from uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. She is fantastic in that film. So excited to see her kind of stepping in here with Anthony Ramos to lead this uh, as well. The first uh, look we had, we did a reaction to it. I thought it was great. So I like that we're getting a nice feeling of the g one come uh, G one uh, transformers coming in mixed in with a more updated look and approach to it all. Michael Bay is executive producer, but he isn't the director. Stephen I coming in to direct this thing or, or sorry Stephen Capel coming in to direct this thing. so I'm excited to see that as well what his interpretation and take on it is going to be. but Overall, it feels like they figured out the formula, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and maybe they've got the right combination here, uh, plus all the things that we've got teased that we're going to see in it, you know, with the uh, the prehistoric version of the Transformers, all of that, and, and Decepticons, all of that coming in, so very, very excited to see what we're going to get uh, overall, and I hope it works, because... Clearly, this franchise uh, has uh, is much maligned, even though it's made a crap ton of money. <laughs> you do want the fans to be happy about the franchise, and if people certainly enjoyed Bumblebee, didn't make the money that the other ones had made, and maybe that could be just because people were a little burnt out by the Bay Transformers movies. Well, here's a new approach to it that combines both, and maybe that'll get people back excited about the uh, franchise and its possibilities. So there's my thoughts. Uh, Mike? Uh, what's your next thing?
2: Just, just taking in the Transformers of it all. I, you know. The trailer did get me excited. Then I heard some things that sounded correct to me as someone who worked at Hasbro. And no, I was like, no. yeah, okay, well, we'll see. Um, oh, no. <laughs> and the next one that I have, uh, also Marvel, also Disney Plus, uh, I am very excited for X-Men 97. Oh, yeah. Um, right. I am very fascinated by X-Men 97. I'm not sure that it's going to work or not. But the fact that it is from everything that we've been told. And everything that we've seen. A straight up continuation of the 90s X-Men series. Uh, is very interesting to me. I've kind of been going back in little uh, niblets. And watching two or three episodes of the 90s X-Men at a time. Now that they put them all in the right order on Disney And you know they're, they're hard to get through sometimes. Because the animation is... Pretty dated, but you really do see that uh, this was one of those, you know, we love the Marvel cinematic universe and we love this epic serialized storytelling through movies. Uh, Cartoons didn't do that back in the day. Like the X-Men 90s uh, cartoon came out and was telling this continuous story and this epic soap opera, which is what X-Men is, uh, and it's still really compelling. Even once you get past kind of the rough animation and some of the ridiculous... Things like Jean Grey passing out every episode. Uh, It's really, really fun. And so knowing that the entire team on X X X-Men 97 are such fans of the original series and want to take it into just a continuation of that and tell more stories in that world. Some of the same voice cast, like same style, same feel of it. Um, Like I said, it's kind of a huge experiment to me. I don't know that it's going to work. I don't know that a modern audience is going to go, okay, cool, I'm on board, or that they're going to be able to go back and rewatch all the old X-Men uh, to be caught up on it. But I'm very fascinated, and I'm very excited about it.
0: Okay. Uh, Shannon, what's the next thing on your list? Uh, it
2: is Agatha,
3: Coven of Chaos. Oh, um, Okay. You know, along with I did watch I did rewatch Hawkeye during during our the winter break here. But I also was kind of, you know, bouncing around on WandaVision again. And that show, knowing that Jack Schaefer is also writing that one, the writer from mm-hmm. WandaVision um, mm-hmm. on the heels of White Lotus season two and Aubrey Plaza and how fantastic she was. Um, you know, I, I just I don't know what this show is going to be. But all of the talent involved has has me super jazzed. I mean, one of one of my favorite episodes from WandaVision was when we got to see sort of the flashback with Agatha Harkness back when, you know, the other the other witches in her coven were trying to like kind of, you know, get rid of her. Um, so, you know, the, the combination of Catherine Hahn, Aubrey Plaza, Jack Schaefer. Uh, that one has me really, really excited. And, you know, looking at the future of what the Disney plus series are going to be, if they're, if they're going to just focus on specials from here on in, knowing that we're getting one more Jack Schaefer series, um, has me really excited and I'm crossing my fingers that it's going to be a good one.
0: Cool. Um, all right. So my next one is, uh, the new season of true detective night country, um i'm very excited for this because i like the third season i like the first season i'll defend the elements of the second season even though it didn't 100 percent work um and in fact i i re-watched the finale of the first season uh the other day uh something sent me into a wormhole and i was like well that's right that's really why and then just the just the utter brutality of that season finale shook me, and so that got me back excited thinking about True Detective, and the fact that we're getting the first female-led True Detective, or two female-led True Detective, because certainly we had Rachel McAdams in the second one, but certainly this one here with Callie Reese, who's a, uh, a new actress who was a former boxer, uh, she was in the new film that came out last year, actually, Catch uh, was it was Catch the Fair one, I think is what it's called, and Jodie Foster coming in here as a detective, really interesting to see what they're going to have in terms of chemistry, and the what the approach is going to be, and from what I'm seeing of where it's set here, it's set uh, uh, it unfolds during the dark of winter snow in Enos, Alaska, where six men vanished without a trace from a remote research center. So uh, Issa Lopez is writing and directing the series with Iceland standing in for the 49th state. So, you know, we're going to get some snow. So I'm very excited to see what we're going to get here in this uh, show. And the idea of six men, go- I mean, it, it immediately makes me think of the thing so what is going to be found out in this uh, um, season of uh, True Detective, which always kind of goes into some interesting places every season? What are we going to see this time around? So I'm very excited for that one as well.
3: Didn't um, it feel like in season one, like you were waiting for that turn down the, super, down the supernatural lane? Yeah, yeah. Like at any moment it could have yeah. happened. Like yeah. not so much season two and season three, but knowing that uh, uh, it's all about a missing, uh, missing person's case. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's cool.
0: Yeah. It's got a little wind river vibe to it as well. If you guys remember that film from a few years ago from Tyler Sheridan and snow and snow for God's sake, uh, <laughs> oh, no. should we go through one more or are you guys out of uh, things you're looking forward uh, no, to? No, I've got one more. Okay. Uh, Mike, you got one more.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll okay. go, you know, Ob, we didn't, we didn't actually touch on, um, a lot of the Marvel movies that are coming out oh, yeah, and sure. it's hard to say. I actually, I'm excited about all of them. Obviously I'm excited yeah. to get into, into phase five of the multiverse saga and the MCU Uh, but I'm going to go with the Marvels as the one that I'm Mm. the most excited about just simply because it's the one we've seen the least of Mm -hmm. Um, I love Carol Danvers as a character Um, we haven't I don't necessarily think Captain Marvel the first movie is the strongest of the MCU movies but I really like Carol Danvers I thought Brie Larson did a nice job so I'm excited to see what she gets to do in this movie I'm a huge fan of Miss Marvel really excited to see her in the movie yeah. and i'm just really and i and i was uh and i was really a big fan of monica Rambeau and WandaVision. so like it really it lines up really great for me as far as like these three all coming together and it really ties in WandaVision, vision miss marvel mainline mcu stuff uh so i'm just really curious to see what goes down it might be amazing it might be a mess we haven't seen anything so we might get that first trailer and i might go uh, i don't know but uh I, I i'm the most intrigued by it because i think pretty much everything else that's coming out this year uh with the exception of maybe echo and house of harkness we haven't seen much of but like most of the marvel stuff we've seen at least a little tidbit of here or there yeah. uh so the fact that marvels we've seen nothing i'm kind of just like intrigued and excited okay
3: shannon uh a, a brief detour from the geeky properties succession season
0: four
3: <laughs> the way the third season ended with the Roy children with, Oh my gosh. I mean, that was one of those moments at the end of that, at the end of that show, at the end of that episode, it was like, Oh my gosh, like that. This is such an incredible, not really a cliffhanger, but it's like the, the beat that the, the, the story ends on and knowing the way hbo is that uh, you know that you have to wait 6 years for the next season and, and and then having them release a little bit of like a teaser for it you're seeing how the roy children are going to be battling their father this show is so well done um john I, it is a crime that you have not watched it i yet. know i
0: know i know this i mean is, this, is, this is billions I, i've got them sitting somewhere going you got to watch this go
3: things. Succession first, because it is it's King Lear. I mean, it is King, it is Shakespearean in in the way that that they deliver profanity lace dialogue. I mean, you, you haven't heard you haven't heard profanity like this since Deadwood. I mean, it's just so <laughs> wow. it's so satisfying. It has one of the best opening themes in the history of television. It's just a fantastic series, and I cannot wait. For it to come back, which I believe it, it, it's first half it really of the year, is. I think. Yeah, it is
2: the first it is and it really is Shakespearean. I mean, you are right. It is like it is a heightened world in all of the best ways, and they just nail it. Like, yeah, that I'm I'm definitely stoked. I can't wait to see it.
0: Well, you know, I've been trying to think about doing a reaction uh series, and maybe this is the way to watch succession Because I've watched succession is to do a reaction series for the channel where I go through those. So I watched all three seasons before season four debuts maybe that could be a possibility as well um yeah michael you mentioned the movies certainly guardians of the galaxy volume three we're all looking forward to that ant-man the wasp quantum we're all looking forward to that but i have to shame myself a little bit and say that i am looking forward to the flash movie as much as i may hate the ezra miller situation as much as i may hate the stuff that went on and everything like this i'm not going to support ezra but i'm certainly going to see what we're going to get in the DC universe, and if this film even effing matters when it's all over and said and done. So I have a large curiosity to see how they're going to work in these cameos from Keaton and Affleck. And if the Cavill and Godot uh, cameos survive, I have a lot of questions about it. So it's from a curiosity point of view that I'm looking at Flash. Doesn't mean I condone what Ezra did, So, certainly don't like anything that Ezra did. But that being said, i have an interest in this to see what it means it does it chart a new path for dc are they gonna re-edit it in a certain way to make it fit what james gunn and peter saffron want to do what is this movie going to be and it's not it's not coming out like late like december like aquaman it's coming out in the middle of the year so what changes are they going to or have they been making to it so that when it comes out uh people will see that it's kind of this New step uh, for DC in a new direction. I'm very, very curious. So from that point of view, not so much supporting it, more a curious point of view that I have for this one.
2: I do think I know this isn't this isn't a new thing, but just off of what you're saying and Shannon's excitement about Aquaman. I This isn't a, there's not a specific DC property that I'm excited about this year because God knows I'm not, but uh, what I am excited about and I think this year will really define a lot of things that as these DC movies come out and as we do hear more about what the new plan is, I actually am genuinely truly excited about this kind of fresh start for DC. Now how fresh that start is. And what is going to go on exactly, I don't know. And we all might hate it and we all might go, oh my God, they fucked it up even worse. Like, who knows? But I think for the first time in a long time, I feel like they're making some really hard decisions that are going to potentially put them in a really solid place. So I think yeah. this whole year is going to be really interesting as we're covering all the news, as it comes out, covering just the evolution of this new plan for DC is something I actually am really excited about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll see what the, uh, Shanika, what were you going to say? No, no. Oh, okay. I thought you had some reactions. I thought maybe were...
3: <laughs> that, that was the reaction right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll see where they're going to go. With this. And And I saw a tweet, uh, earlier today that I, I gotta bring up here somebody uh, tweeted out and, that said uh, or maybe they tweeted at us and said i i never thought i i never thought that john cena would last longer in the mcu than the rock and i thought that was an incredible statement to make because absolutely that's actually a fair statement if peacemaker survives uh you can absolutely say that which will be something Uh, incredible to look at as we go forward so a lot of dc a lot of marvel but something some stuff outside the geek world as well that we're all looking forward to and clearly we could have gone for another hour talking about all the stuff that's coming in 2023 and we will try to cover as much of it as we can certainly bad batch on the precipice this week so we're gonna have to figure that out with us and laura who has agreed to come back and review that with us so we are going to see uh, what we're gonna when we're gonna do that review sometime this week for sure as well. So look out for that uh, as well. And We got to finish up Willow, which of course drops uh, in the next day or so uh, as well. So we'll finish up that series.
2: We're gonna, we yeah. are gonna trudge to the end of that series, no matter what.
0: <laughs> and for Shannon and I, we have the Tulsa King season finale uh, on Sunday because that is—I don't know if you're watching it, Mike. It is a fun fucking show. It is a fun.
2: I Sorry. will have to go watch it. I just, Please. I just, I just tore through 1883 and dove into 1923. Nice. So I got, I got uh, But once I get through those, I got. I'll need something. So maybe Tulsa King is next on the list. Tulsa King,
0: that'll do your job. Uh, all right, thank you all so much for watching us here on the Geek Buddies. Uh, we appreciate it madly. Or listening to us, Shannon. What do we have to tell?
3: Yeah. if you would like to follow us on social media on Twitter. It's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon, the geek buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca
2: says, uh, Mikey. Listen, if you like snow. <laughs> fucking hell. We are the people for you. We love things with snow if there's snow in it we are on board if you want to talk snow here is what you can do to make sure that we keep blowing snow up your you know what uh you can hit that like button below
0: informer
2: anyway, yes. uh you can hit that like button below definitely subscribe to johnny's outlaw nation page he's got a lot of content a lot of talk about snow leave your comments below what are you excited about for 2023 uh let us know the things that you're looking forward to the things you're not looking forward to the things that you're hopeful for the things that you think are going to be terrible let us know below if you are listening to us on a podcast definitely leave us some stars leave us some comments helps us go up in the rankings and as always the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video post it on your socials send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies
0: Yes, and a big shout-out to Carbon Health, who continues to power and sponsor us on the Geek Buddies. Go to CarbonHealth.com. Go get checked out today. Look, the the holidays are over, so maybe you need a full physical to see where you're at to get that exercise workout going. Certainly, I've been working out for two weeks now. It is kicking the shit out of me. First time I've done it consistently in quite a long time, but I'm dedicated to getting back into shape here. And you want to get a full physical, you want to get some blood work done, get checked out. Go to carbonhealth.com. See if there's a clinic near you or get some virtual care from them as well. Download the app to have a doc in your pocket for those healthcare questions, concerns, or needs on the go as well. So big, big shout out to them. Um, All right. Well, thank you all so much. Uh, Look for our other shows or other reviews coming up this week, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here of the Geek Snow Buddies. (laughs)